The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely great to be with you guys. It's Thursday. We kind of have a new, this is a new stage of the year. Uh, <laughs> there's no more mini camp. There's no more OTAs. We're into a little bit of the kind of dead period um, where we're not going to be getting a lot of new information. Let's just be very honest. Like, this is the time period. I went back. This is episode 869 of the 49ers Rush podcast, which I'm very proud of. And thank you guys for all the support. If you guys were here, I would do it. Uh, but as we go through this, you know, I went back and looked at the first year I've done this, you know, going on eight years now. And it was like, ooh, I, I went dark for like a month plus. Uh, but we're not going to be doing that this year. We're going to be around. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. And in fact, from all of the different you know, press conferences and news information that's coming out with all the access to all the players before they all go on break. I, I'm trying, I'm having a hard time dividing up all this content and how many episodes I want to do on it, but that's okay. Uh, today, how will the 49ers 2023 season be determined? That's what we're trying to figure out. We're going to hear from a lot of different people. Um, we're going to be going through, I want to focus on those key players, not necessarily the best players, but the guys that will need to step up for the 49ers if um, they're going to achieve their goal, which is, you know, to not only win the division, that's where it all starts, uh, you know, get into the playoffs, but win the NFC and then bring home number six. That's that's the whole idea. So um, I am flying solo today, so I love all the hashtag CCs. Let's get it. Let's get it. What's up, Johnny? We got some great people in the chat today. So if you have questions... Um, go ahead and throw in the chat, put at John and then ask your question and I'll star them. And then at the end of the show, we'll get to some of those. Yeah. Big Papa says, Ooh, Johnny Dell in the house. We are very, very lucky. Go check out Johnny Dell's football Academy. If you haven't yet. You want to learn some football. That's where I learned. I go there to learn stuff about football. What's up, Kim, Sean, man, we got some fun people in here. So this is going to be a fun show. Uh, and the man, Josh, but I want to start with. The best numbers ever. We keep doing this series, and I really like it. We're up to number 11. Um, who are the best players to ever wear the number 11 just for the 49ers? I do not give a damn what they do for other people. Don't care. So the number 11 is one of the first numbers that we've had where there's just so many players to choose from. Now, obviously, you got to kind of start with let's go in terms. Let, let's go in terms of most recent. Okay. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, right? 
We we got to talk about BA who just keeps killing it. You, you know, Matt Barrows put out an excellent piece, excellent piece. Uh, just talking about, you know, his observations for camp and kind of the things that he's seen and all that stuff. But the thing, one of the things I took, go check that out with the athletics. It's an incredible job. He did a great job. But one of the things he came out was the player of minicamp and OTAs. It was Brandon Ayuk. It's Brandon Ayuk. And so, you, you know, he's awesome. Now, do I think he's the greatest to ever wear? Number 11, no, I don't. But I did a little research, uh, which I feel like I need, like, a button that just says, like, bing, and then it just, like, it's like a pull string doll, right? Like, if there was a John Chapman plush doll with rosy red cheeks, one of, the, like, the five sayings, I think, would be, ah, I did a little research. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is already, get this, 25th in 49ers franchise history with receiving yards. 25th. Now he's got 2,589 uh, career receiving yards. Now, again, that they only monitor during, you know, regular season. But he is not far away. Let, let's just say hypothetically, Brandon Ayuk had another 1,000-yard season, which I'm willing to bet on. I don't care who the quarterback is. That would vault him up really quick to number 15. Like, he could jump from 25th all-time receiving for the Niners to 15th really, really quick. So, I mean, th there's some some names. Check out these names that are in that category. 24th, Clyde Connor. 23rd, Hugh McElhinney. 22nd, Frank Gore. 21, R.C. Owens. 20th, Allen Bills. 19th, Monty Stickles, the all-name team from the 60s. 18th, Anquan Bolden. He could pass Anquan Bolden. Again, just what they did with the Niners. Uh, you know, Bolden was only here for three years, but Debo is ahead of him by 700 yards. And so that's interesting. Even though Debo's been here a year longer, that's interesting. 16, Dave Parks. 15, Gordy Salto. I'm sure I totally butchered that name, and I apologize to all of the Gordy fans out there. Uh, Josh Johnson wore number 11. He doesn't count for a while. Marquise Goodwin. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm a big Marquise guy, uh, <laughs> Longhorn. Coach gets that dude in high school, amazing human off the field. He played really well, not in the conversation. Quentin Patton wore 11. You remember the general? Um, and then I think the hands-down favorite, we're going to go with some more players after this, but the best number 11 all time, there it is, Alex Smith. That's right. I said it. It had to be said. I'm with you, uh, Ernie. I, I, th I don't think it's close. You know, again, just judging off a of pro football reference, their site, they give that approximate approximate value. Um, Alex Smith has a 40. Brandon Ayuk has a 24. And yeah, right here, it will be Ayuk. If Ayuk signs an extension, if Ayuk signs an extension, Ayuk will be the best number 11 to play for the 49ers all time. I don't think there's really – if we're just looking at that uh, approximate value, you have Steve Spurrier with 25, but Spurrier wasn't really good. <laughs> he was the number three overall pick, though, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, I mean, with the whole Trey Lance thing or whatever, he didn't play much at all. I think he won 13 games as a starter, uh, losing record, more interceptions and touchdowns, just whatever. Um some other key notable names that showed up, Ty Detmer, Jeff Brom, um, Bob Gagliano, uh, Dan Melville. I love that, and Bob Waters. So that's kind of what we got. Those are all the number 11s. And then at the end of the show, um, we will go with, you know, the best number 12, which that one, I'm just going to be honest, a little anticlimactic. But that's okay. That's okay. It, it, again, I, I, I like doing all of this, you know, back and forth, balancing the past with the present, looking to the future. I, I do like that. I, I do like all those things. Now, let's jump into some of the fun talk with looking forward, okay? Because, again, one of the biggest question marks of this entire season is, you know, the 49ers have dealt with a lot of coaching and, you know, coordinator changes, whether it's offensive coordinators that are just leaving every damn year, defensive coordinators every other year, bringing in Steve Wilkes. And again, like, let me just say this. I freaking love Steve Wilkes so much. Uh, I just want to talk to him. I just want to talk to him. That's all I want to do. And not necessarily even about football. I just love his passion 
And, you know, the things that he always says, like, I just like, ooh, I'm, I want to save that phrase, right? Be in the moment. Be where your feet are. Build relationships. Focus on people. And I'm just like, oh, this is a man after my own heart now. Um, not to mention just the legends that he has coached. And I wanted to start with this. I'm going to start with the demo clip. Uh, Diamador Lenore, who got to speak to the media. And it's always fun when players first start speaking to the media because it's a trained skill. It's funny. Uh, like, how do, how do I say this? A lot of people are bad in front of the mic or in front of, like, speaking in public is hard for a lot of people, right? It's like one of the biggest fears, whatever. And Debo, like, he's a dog. You know, he calls himself a hyena because he's going to play dirty and scrap and whatever, and we see that on the field. But you put people behind a mic, they kind of struggle a little bit. But Demo has such a good personality. When they were at, when he was asked about Wilkes and what it's like, listen to this clip and what he tabbed. I'm instilling this from now on. Uh, thank you, Demo. I'm not even going to ask. I'm just going to take it. When asked about what it was like playing with Wilkes, uh, I mean, I'm very, I, I was very impressed. You know, he like he like the Godfather of the DBs. You know. Uh, like, <laughs> You know, he got every answer, and he always a positive person. You know, like he, I mean, I, there was plays that I didn't, I didn't gave up in OTAs, and then it was never like a, a real like breaking me down. It was always bringing me up and just t- t- telling me, you know, how I could how I could be better. So uh, I'm a coachable person. So like, I know when a coach is coaching me hard, he's not trying to like tear me down for real. He just, you know, he's trying to bring the best out of me. You know, and that's like some players they can. That's how they operate, and I'm kind of one of those players. But at the same time, if you if you bring positivity, I'm I'm also react too. The future is a hefty responsibility, and not one that we take lightly. But then, taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The godfather of DBs, as he coined, uh, the, the legend, the stud. Um, I, I thought that was really, really cool because, man, listen to these names. Okay, I went through, and I just started pulling names. And I'm sure there's more, and I'm sure I'm leaving off a lot of names on here, right? Guys that he has coached that are just defensive backs. I'm not even, like, all defensive players. Josh Norman in his prime when he was an All-Pro, right? Sean Springs, Denzel Ward, Buda Baker, Quentin Jammer, one of my personal all-time favorite athletes ever in the history of football, Eric Weddle, Carlos Rogers, 49ers own, right? Charles Peanut Tillman, Ryan Clark, Sean Taylor. And I know I'm leaving off, guys. I know I am. I know there's more. But you start seeing, like, all those freaking names, and it's like, good gosh. We went from having, you know, Robert Sala, who was great, young, young, energetic pup, to D'Amico Ryan's younger, younger, more energetic-er. I'm pretty sure that's a word, energetic-er. Um, <laughs> I know the correct word, but I don't want to use it. Young pup, not a lot of coaching experience. To now you're going gray beard, baby. Gray freaking beard, but every time he talks, I just love it, and I get so excited. And so the question was, you know, that we keep harking back to, all right, the the defenses that he's called, they haven't looked like the same schematic concept that the 49ers have run. The 49ers chose Wilkes over, and I know this is going to probably ruffle some feathers, they chose him over, you know who I'm going to say, right? Our old DC, he's in Miami now, I don't even want to say his name. Uh, But they chose him because of continuity with scheme. Now the question is, how will the 49ers defense look different than what it did last year? Here's the man himself, the godfather of DBs. Number one, I hope we um, 
one of our goals. We talked about trying to lead the league in the least explosive plays. I think we gave up too many last year. So hopefully you don't see that, you know. Uh, the fastest and quickest way to win a game is through the air. So uh, as great as those guys may be playing up front, we got to make sure we secure things on the back end. So we don't want to give up explosive plays. That's number one. And two, we got to make more plays on the football, you know, uh, interceptions, and then find a way to get in the end zone with those. Yeah, my biggest critique on the 49ers defense for, you know, since Shadowhead showed up was, man, takeaways are rough. They're hard to come by. Now, last year was kind of the anomaly in that, in the fact that they led the NFL or at least tied for the league with 20 interceptions, which was awesome. But the year before, they were dead last with nine. So, you know, you're looking at nine to 20. You're talking 11 picks. That's the difference in being first or last, Ricky Bobby. Um, but, yeah, like – I wanted ball hawking safeties, and I would scream it from the mountaintops. Not that I didn't love Jimmy Warder's cross guitar. I did, but I wanted picks. I want turnovers. Now, the other way, right, limit explosive big plays. And he said, and I think we can all agree, the Niners didn't do the best job last year in limiting those. It really hasn't. Because, you know, you look at, you know, that game week two in the freaking monsoon. You completely destroyed the Chicago Bears for three and a half quarters. Destro I mean, like, they didn't have anything going on. And then you had that one busted play, and that was it. That was it. You had the turnovers, the sloppy play, whatever else. You could talk about Denver the week after that when Jimmy G came in. Destroyed them. They were booing Russell Wilson. It was week three. Denver was booing their own team. And then we had two busted plays, and we cost the game. So if you can keep this elite offense, elite defense, which I, I think the 40 hours defense is going to be great, but if you can keep that and then enhance some of these other things, I think we're going to get some good things. I, I really, really do. Now, to the schematic question of, all right, how is this going to look di different or the same? I love this because – it's all about how he works with the strength of this defense, which is the front seven. The front seven starts with the front four, Chris Kuserik, that D-line coach that's a beast. How are these things going to work forward? Oh, I love this answer. You go against these guys, you see them on tape, you got the crossover film and those kind of things, and sometimes you really don't understand the teaching behind it, okay? You know, the wide nines and those kind of things, what we may be doing up front, but once I was able to get here and understand how detailed he coaches everything, it fits into my philosophy and the things that I believe in. So uh, we're on the same page um, as a defensive guy and, you know, running things from the back to the front. I, I emphasize every meeting pointing out things up front just to let those guys understand and know that it's not, it's just not lip service. You know, everything we do starts up front and I want those guys to understand that. And I think the tone was set, whatever you go out, you get the number one free agent in all of the football, right? Javon Hargrave. Things ain't changing up front. And then the linebackers, you're not doing much different there because you got the best in the business of Fred Warner and I think a top five guy, Drake Greenlaw. Now you spend draft capital. You trade up your very first rep, first pick that you make is a safety. Then you take a corner later on. Like you're backing up all of these concepts and saying, look, we're going to, we're going to stay, <coughs> excuse me, dominant on defense. That's not going to change. Uh, look at this comment from Sean. What's up, Sean? He says, we are monsters short of the first down line, but come playoffs. We need an answer for the 40 yard bombs. Hope Wilkes has it. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And you know, the funny thing is Demo talked about that. So let, let's, let, let's go back to Demo. Um, but before we do, right here, look at Jorn. What's up, man? He says, can't wait for the Pittsburgh 49ers rush road trip. Man, I can't wait either. And we're about to add some more dates and some more cities that we're going to be traveling to. So if you're going to any 49ers game this year, I'm telling you, first stop is online. This is what you got to do. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful joining the community. And we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together. Night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. 
All right, make sure you go check that out. And we're looking to be added some more cities and some more stuff to that uh, soon. Some more home games as well as we are, as I am moving up there, uh, which I'm very, very, very excited about. Now, let's talk about Debo. Because the way I see Demo, that dude, I thought he played so well last year. And I kept getting a lot of emails and DMs about, man, Demo's not good, not good, not good. And I'm just like, I don't know what people are watching. And Duke gave up one touchdown all year. Now, did he get beat? Yes, he did. There's no doubt about that. But here's the thing. Demo took every single first-team rep all through OTAs and minicamp. Every single one of them. Everyone. Like, he is your starting outside corner, period. There, there's not a competition there. He's earned it with how he played. And I would argue he was probably the best defensive player, him and Eric Armstead, um, throughout the playoff run. Those three games, those three guys balled out more than anybody else on the defensive side. Now, the question was asked, how is he going to get better play? Like, what does he need to do? Because he's still a young pup. Here we go. Quick 15-second clip from Debo here. His main focus when he first got here, uh, he told we, – uh, we watched a couple get better plays that I had from last season, and it was just mainly reading reading the chest reading the chest area, the breastplate, um, being able to locate down the field, and just finishing on the ball. Yeah, and he, he goes on further in that clip. Shout out to the great Juan Salas, the godfather himself of the 49ers Rush podcast, um, for – you know, bringing, getting those clips to us. But he talked about how, you know, you've got to feel the wide receiver, not read the wide receiver. You've got to read. Yeah, you got to make a play on the ball. And so you feel the wide receiver and all those different things. It's just small technique changes. Now, okay, Clarzard, what's up? Remember when Ambry Thomas was the future? Me neither. Uh, Ambry's been interesting. And he got pushed into it with injuries. And he played some good ball, but I would be willing to argue Ambry Thomas's year that he started. Again, he made it all the way to the NFC Championship as well and had that one huge interception. Ambry was getting burnt consistently. I don't. Th- I never felt that way with Demo because Demo wasn't burnt. He was getting beat on some jump balls, but he was always there. He was always there. Ambry was giving up a whole bunch of separation, and the Niners have a thing with corners. They want corners to make it difficult for the quarterback to target wide receivers, meaning they they don't want separation. They want Velcro. I I didn't feel that was the case with Ambry Thomas. Um, Now, having said that, Demo was asked about these two players in particular, and he gave two different answers for each one. And here we go. You want to know Demo and Ambry Thomas? Clarzard, awesome comment, by the way. And yeah, hold us accountable uh, for things in the past because I thought I assumed Ambry Thomas would be competing for a starting start a spot last year. That was never the case. He got passed by everybody. But here's Wilkes talking about Demo and Thomas and how they have looked so far through minicamp. You look at Demo. I thought he took strides this uh, off season and really getting better. You can see his confidence, and I think his confidence is coming from really in his preparation. If you watch him each and every day, as I have, you see him taking steps and really uh, focusing on the details in the classroom and his transfer into the field. Uh, Ambry, uh, I thought, has had a great uh, OTAs in minicamp. So when you look at those two guys with the amount of reps they've taken with uh, Mooney not being there, I think there's only been a plus. And I I saw progression with uh, Sammy as well, Womack. So I'm excited about the young guys that we have on the outside. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, man. Confidence. I'm telling you right now, Ambry Thomas got to put on the pads, you know, and we got to see what he's going to do. Because if, if he doesn't ball out, I'm telling you right now, he, he's not going to be making this roster. I, I I hope he does because he's got so much playing time. I like going to young pups always, but uh, he, he's he's got to show something. He's got to show something when the pads are on. Because corner, the further you get away from the ball, the more it is up here in between the the noggin, right? Your brain bucket. Because, man, you're out there on an island. And if you don't have what's upstairs, confidence, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's it's It just it, it leaves you. And I think that's kind of where Ambry's issue has been, especially for going from starting to being passed by, you know, not one, but two, but three guys. 
Um, Judd, I like this comment. It says, people see him get beat once and they think, he go- and it, yeah, and if it goes for a T, t- – sorry, let me start that over. People see you get beat once and they think it's trash when in reality it's still only one play. No, man, there was some great tape put on by Demo last year. Great, great tape. Um, Lee Gallon, what's up, Prez? Um, who is looking to win the nickel position? I think it's already solidified. I that I it's it's going to be Isaiah Oliver. Um, this was a hand-picked guy by the new DC to bring in because he's so aggressive and big and he can play all over the spot. It's going to be him. Now, Kruger said uh, Womack has been outstanding in OTAs. They like Womack. I think, personally, here's the depth chart if Chapman was projecting currently. Charvarius Ward, easy. Demo, easy outside. Isaiah Oliver, easy. Nickel guy. I think Samuel Womack's the first guy off the bench at all three spots. After that, we'll see. Uh, You want to throw some Miles Hartsfield in there? You want to throw the rookie? Right? Here we go, Nick. He brings up the question. Haven't heard much about Looter so far this offseason. Any update? Yeah, not much of an update to give. Um, not a lot of splashes. Not all that stuff. Uh, from Cub says, Looter didn't practice for the media. Team not required to give any injury update in training camp, so now held out a minicamp. He was out there, but they they asked. There was a clip. I didn't cut it. They asked Brandon Ayuk about Dar- Ludor, and he's like, who? He's like, what's his name? He's like, yeah, I don't have anything. So I, I don't think he's getting a lot of playing time right now, but I'm telling you that the whole plan with Luter, slow play him into, into a role next year perhaps. They're, Luter's plans are long-term, not this year, not this year. Now, if he shows up and balls out, then it's bye-bye to Ambry Thomas. I mean – because if, if they have somebody that can come in and they feel confident being a number four corner ahead of Ambry Thomas that's younger than Ambry Thomas, then that's where it's going to change. And, yeah, right there, Josh Oliver's winning that nickel spot. I don't even think it's a competition. I, I don't even think it's a competition. Um, and, you know, Cubs says, you know, Womack was outside in camp. I'm guessing Oliver gets the nickel. They said he was the best nickel in free. Yeah, that was straight from Wilkes's mouth. Isaiah Oliver's the best nickel corner in the entire free agency, so they went and got him. Now, Womack spent all last year in camp playing nickel and won that spot week one. You remember that? And then he backed up outside. He can play everywhere. Womack can play everywhere. He's going to be a special teams ace, and he'll be the first corner off the bench at any spot. That's just what he's going to be. And, yeah, Tommy, man, when we signed Isaiah Oliver, I was like, dang. I, I I was a little I was a little upset, not because I don't like Isaiah Oliver. I remember grading him whenever he came out in Colorado, but I wanted Womack to be his starter. I love Samuel Womack, man. Oh, I love Samuel Womack. And yeah, Tommy says Womack won't be a backup. Book it. I don't know who he's going to beat. I don't know who. I, I don't know. Maybe outside corner Demo. Charvarius Ward's not going anywhere, right? But. Demo took every first team rep at outside corner. Every one. Yeah, I like Womack too. And this is a great problem to have. Do you remember? You don't have to go back too far. When the Niners had no depth at defensive back. Zero. And you had to have guys like Jason Verrett play every play or else you were in trouble. Guess what? We got in trouble all the time. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a lot. You know, right here. Josh says, you know, Womack will start on special teams. He popped off film last year. You know, we did every single special teams play from the whole year, preseason, playoffs, all that stuff. And, yeah, I'm with you. Dude was just my special teams player of the year. He was incredible. You just got to get him on the field. You just got to get him on the field. And so we'll kind of see what it looks like. But, you know, right here, Luke Womack has been playing the opposite starter on Demo outside since Ward has been, uh, you know, banged up. Yeah, thanks, Luke. Appreciate that. He's a baller. I don't think that he will get that spot ahead of Demo. Look at Trade Wreck. What's up, Brian? He says, Womack is the 12th man. I like that. I like that. Clarzard, any word on Quatrest Knight? Our guy, he had a broken hand. He had a broken hand, a cast on his hand. I don't know if it's a broken hand, but he had a cast on his hand. So... Not great. Uh, he's going to have to shine. He's going to have to shine. You know, might be a second-year practice squad player guy, but I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. 
Um, all right, here we go. Debster, what's up, Debster? Did you hear Elijah's injured? Say it's not serious, but man, yeah, okay. I, I talked a little bit yesterday about Jordan Mason. <sighs> Elijah Mitchell's out again, you know. No clue what it was. They didn't have to disclose it. They're not going to. He's just so cheap, you know. I want to pull up his contract, Elijah Mitchell, because the, he's still on a rookie deal. The hell of a player. Yeah, Isaiah, <laughs> this year, okay, here we go. His cap hit this year, Elijah Mitchell, is 900 grand. His cap hit next year in 2024, last year on contract, is $1.1 million. You don't move on from that. Now, you don't have to sign him to a new deal, but you don't move on from that. I, I get the injuries, and I get that it sucks. But, yeah, right here, uh, Josh, time to move on from Mitchell. Roll Mason as running back, too. You don't have to argue with me. I've been the biggest Mason, Mason, Mason guy from the start. I'm sure there's other people. I, I don't know. But, like, I've been championing. championing? Is that a word? Uh, this is the word of all word episodes. Good Lord. How many fake words can we get in here? Dude's just a, a boss. I, you know, people are saying he was the number two over TDP. Mitchell's out. And, you know, they're getting a lot of talk about his receiving game. Seems to have taken a step up. And whenever he was asked about that, he said he's always been a good receiver, just haven't been used that way. And I said that in my draft write-up that I did with him on Patreon out of Georgia Tech because I went and found the game with his most targets and dude caught everything, natural pass-catching hands out in the flats, some tough, you know, whatever, flare routes, which usually aren't easy for running backs. I don't know. But Elijah Mitchell, you can't move on from him because he's so stinking cheap, and every play he's played has been positive. Duke and ball. You literally, like, if you cut him, all right, and I, I don't think anybody's saying to cut him. Yeah, you would save all of it. But, like, he's not even a top 53 guy. He's not on, <laughs> I, I don't think he even counts against the cap. I don't think he's a, a 53 guy. So, you can't move on. But, man, yeah, it stinks. I, I hate hearing that. I hate it. But you kind of look at, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, JP's coming for it. JP is coming for, you know, Elijah Mitchell's gig. There, there's no <laughs> perfect trade target for Miami. Golly, man, how many running backs did they get? And what would you take for him? Because here's the issue. Let's say Miami wants to give us a fifth for Elijah Mitchell, which I doubt with him being injured again. But let's just say they did. Golly, man, we already have 11 picks next year. 12 picks? Mm, if I could get a fifth, I might. I might. Uh here we go, Gregus. I would trade Mitchell if he can't stay healthy until the, the trade deadline. Th that time it come, we'll have to see. If we could trade Mitchell for anything, it's a W. Man, yeah, I don't know. Thoughts on Cook? Yeah, Dalvin Cook got cut. There's no need. There's no money. I don't want to spend any more running back, more money on running backs. If you get him for free, great. No, just no. He, just no. I, I I don't want that dude. Is he a hell of a player? Yes. Does he make? The team better on the field, yes. Do we need that? No. Again, I'm fine with Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, TDP. And, you know, I just did, just recorded Ronald Awat, the undrafted free agent out of UTEP. I just finished that one. Shout out to Josh who asked this question uh, for, you know, researching that, that whole show. I, he's not a bad player. He's a perfect fit in this scheme. He was our number 80 on the roster countdown. That's coming out Saturday. Uh, because Saturday, I'm, I'm going to be out of town again. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, but we, I, I'm working on content to release this weekend and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll see you there. We'll see you there. Um, and, and we kind of move on. You just got to keep fighting and move on. And hopefully, Elijah Mitchell, you get something positive out of him. But if you don't, guess what? That's all right. That's all right. Now, all right, here we go. Let's transition to the Silverback, the Beast himself. Um, maybe not important to the football world, but you know something that kind of caught on with Twitter and everywhere else is just him and his workouts because he works out at 2 a.m. in the morning. And he talked a little bit about why. Here's Trent Williams. Um, it's pretty much scheduled, but it's it's more so therapy. You know, you get this, get in there, and you don't feel like you. Uh in a fishbowl, everybody watching how much you lift and 
seeing when you get tired and kind of measuring themselves. For me, I just like to go in there and, you know, open space. It's, not, it's night outside. It's kind of like, you know, I know everybody's sleeping. I feel like I'm working. Maybe I'm getting a leg up. They probably working while I'm sleeping. But to me, it's kind of a mental thing, you know. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I love Trent Williams. Ah, lifted weights at two of the boarded. That is a absolute trip, man. Um, so excited for him. But I wanted to use him as a launching pad. Again, what, what's the title of this show? How will the 49ers 2023 season be determined? I think there's two key plays. Now, the quarterback position, we're, I'll attribute an entire episode to that later on down the road. There's no doubt. I've got so many clips on it. Because those are the questions. Everybody wants to know about the quarterback, rightfully so. But uh, it, we'll spend time on that. There's no doubt. But I think the two most prominent positions that will determine how the 49er season goes is right tackle and defensive end opposite of Bosa. And so we've got these two legendary, and I do mean that, like legendary players in Trent Williams and Nick Bosa that are the best at their position currently in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. There is nowhere near an offensive tackle close to what Trent Williams is doing. There is nowhere near a defensive end doing what Nick Bosa is doing. However, football is the ultimate team sport. Team sport, right? And so the opposite counterparts to those two players, Bosa and Williams, they got to step up. They got to step up. And so um, I, I saw this comment uh, from the man himself, uh, Johnny Dell. I, I freaking love it, man. What's up, Johnny? He says, Drake Jackson bulk gets you excited or concerned? Oh, excited big time. Uh, now, I always get worrisome when running backs add weight. I don't like that. I, I get a little bit worried when wide receivers add weight. I don't like that. But edge players that play in the trenches – that is something that I am excited about. So let, let's start with our, again, Trent Williams is going to launch both of these. He was asked about Drake Jackson and kind of what he's seen. So uh, here's Trent Williams on Drake Jackson. I mean, when you look at the ath- athleticism he has, the natural strength, um, I mean, to me, he looked like an all-pro. He looked like he has the stature to be an all-pro player. He looked like he has the want to. Um, he, he's very studious. Um, he's a student of the game. You know, he's always asking questions, eager to learn. And, um, to see that he actually took that and then, you know, when it ate some waste this all season and, uh, bulked up a little bit, I think it's only going to make him one of those playmakers that, that we need, you know, on the other side of Nick, keep everything even. He has that talent. Um, you know, and I'm looking, looking forward to seeing some big things from him. There, there's a couple th- I almost broke that up into a couple clips, but I wanted to play the whole thing just, you know, so you could hear his entire, you know, discourse on Drake Jackson. Number one, he has all the traits and work at work ethic to be an all pro. If anybody knows it's Trent Williams, because he has to block against him every freaking week. The flexibility, the talent, the hustle, the makeup. That's why he upstairs. He's got that. Niners always go after guys that have that. And so has he done it yet? God, no. He was a healthy scratch last five games, you know, down the stretch. But, but, he's a young guy. Just turned 23. He's got it. And the second comment I like is he ate some weights. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Uh, In in my personal experience, that's not a positive thing. Uh, But he ate some weights. I'm going to start, I'm going to start stealing that. And Josh, or sorry, Johnny Dell, he asked a question, you know, are you concerned? about him gaining weight. Well, here's a clip. Uh, for those of you watching, you'll get to see the the guns. They asked Straight Jackson what he thought his ideal ideal weight was. Last year he played right at about um, 250, but you can see the difference. Uh, dude looked different. Uh, tore his sleeves off his shirt. He, he wanted to show everybody. So here's Drake's opinion on his, his ideal weight. I would say um 260. 
260 right where I am, 260 to 265, probably be my best weights. And, uh, you know, I, I say I've been playing around with that, but, you know, honestly, me getting stronger and, like, just getting my body together, it's, the weight doesn't even matter anymore. It's just kind of just, you know, on me just getting right, you know, getting bigger and stuff. So I would say probably 260, 265. Yeah, and so, like, the fact that he's at that now, and so you added the muscle mass, right? He, he He's pushing it. He looks different. His metrics are different, all those things. But you keep the speed, right? So you kind of stagger exactly what you're doing. Greg says, I'm concerned about, about Jackson, but I know he's in good hands. And, man, I it's going to be fun to see him. And again, like I get Debster, she says, you know, why are people concerned about him? He was a healthy scratch down the playoffs during the most important part of the season. And so I think we're going to have to kind of see what that looks like. And I think good things are ahead for him. The fact that they have not gone out and they didn't really even draft a defensive end. They got a speed rusher in Robert Bill, which is fun. And I like Robert Bill. I just added another Patreon breakdown of his his tape. Uh, yesterday, which if you want to go check that out on our Patreon, please go do so. It's the best way to support the show. Uh, go to patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast uh, or just search 49ers Patreon. We're the first one that pulls up a, a lot, a lot of fun over there. Look at this Juan. We got the Godfather in the house. He says, looking forward to this D line hunting. They're just building it. They're just building it. And yeah, Deb right there. He's young and learning. People need to calm down. This organization believed in him. You, Actions are more than words. And who did the 49ers go out and pursue or add at the defensive end position? Cleveland Farrell? He got like $2.5 million, right? Austin Bryant? Nobody back-end roster minimum guy. Robert Bill? What was he? Fifth-round pick? Right? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, he he's going to be all right. <laughs> and yeah, Clarsart said he's still he's still a, a baby body. Uh, I wish I had a baby body. I, I actually think I do have one. Drake hasn't made any plays in minicamp. Uh, you're not allowed to touch anybody without pads on. So I, I don't, you'll never hear. Yeah, it's I as a former defensive coordinator, head coach, and D line coach, like you hate going out there without pads. It's frustrating because you don't you don't get to do anything. If you get there, they just blow it dead. They don't even count sacks. Like it's, yeah, it's don't I I don't look at it that way, Tommy, at all. Yeah, but when the pads come on, that's when we will find out. That's when everything happens. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, oh, Ishmael, look at this. We were concerned about our previous second rounder on Aaron Banks. Look how they turned out. I'm confident in Jackson. I am too. And I don't think he has to be great. I know everybody likes to look at stats and blah, 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 and whatever else. Like, no, no, no. I want him to just be disruptive, but solid in the run game. That's what I want. And he, he doesn't have to be great. Doesn't have to be great. All right, here we go. Now let's go to the second position that I think is the most important. That's right tackle. So here is the big man, Trent Williams on McKivitz and kind of what he's seen from him. I think it's well-deserved. It's been a long time coming. Um, you know, I remember having conversations with him when he didn't make the roster and he had to go to the practice squad for a couple of weeks and how bummed out he was. He was playing great. But, you know, it's a numbers game more than anything. And just to see him continue to grind, not to be discouraged, continue to let his talent show, um, play with confidence, you know, um, he earned it. You know, he's here for a reason. And uh, he got that spot for a reason. He earned it. I'm proud of him. Freaking love that, man. The It's so similar. The Niners have done this with a lot of players. Same thing with Brandon Ayuk, who we started talking about at the start of this episode. The doghouse, that's a real thing. And you've got to overcome. Everybody steps into the league and your talent shines. you got to work for it. And Brandon Ayuk didn't start last year. You remember that? Trent Sherfield started over in week one. And Ayuk and D, you remember Fred Warner kind of turned him into a beast, and then he just went all world. He's been incredible since then. Colton McKivitz got cut. He's a practice squad guy. Nobody even claimed him. Now he's fighting for it and changed the way he has played. The trajectory is there. We talk about Aaron Banks. We talked about Drake Jackson. People just think life is going to be easy and everybody's going to be superstars. 
and that they got to be amazing all the time. But that's not life. That's not life. It, it, it even the all time greats. That's not life. You know, I go through these roster series. It, it I always start with like who these kids were in high school. And most of them are the best of the best of the best in high school, of their states, of their districts, of their teams. And they're number, you know, one through ten in their state going to college, whatever college they want. Oh, they're going to be amazing. And they're the best in their college. And they're the best in their conference. And they're the best in the country. And then they go to the pros. Then they get cut. Or they don't make the team. It's so difficult when you're always told, and I've seen this from such a young stage. I was a freaking freshman coach early on. And people would come and tell me how their son is the next Barry Sanders. Everybody was great. And I love the families that would support their kids. And rightfully so, man. You should believe your kids are great. My kids are great. Some people think their kids are great. My kids are great, right? That, that's the whole thing. Yeah, but my kid's different. That's just not the way the world works. There's 53 49ers. 53. Not even all of them get a suit up. 47 do with three quarterbacks. <laughs> and so it's just, I, I don't know. When everybody has this, they're going to make a movie about me. I'm the best there is. I'm always going to be the best. There's only a few of those. There's only a few of those. And I would argue that the few of those that are there that get to that level, listen to Debo. I was awful. It was terrible. Every aspect was terrible. That dude was an all-pro, all-world season, 1,770 yards. He went from that to awful. You know, my favorite axiom in football, and this is an old coaching axiom, is, you know, football doesn't build character. It reveals it, okay? Now, the first part I always had a problem with because I do think football does build character, but it is an absolute damn fact that football reveals who the hell you are because in life, we all go through shit. Shit, sorry, I'm just going to say it. Stuff happens, man. And life is hard for everybody. Nobody has easy lives. Not even rich people. Not It don't matter. Life is difficult. How do you respond when things get difficult? Colton McKivitz, been through it. Dude got cut. Cut his second year. Literally, go. He went from gold helmet guy who was supposed to take over for Joe Staley's retirement. Because they were going to spend the pick that they traded for Trent Williams on Colton McKivitz to be the new left tackle. That was the plan of the 49ers. Now, they got lucky because Trent Williams forced his way out of the Minnesota trade to the 49ers. All right, cool. He's been the best left tackle three straight years since then. But the guy that was going to be Joe Staley's replacement got cut one year into the to his whatever. But that's not where the story ends. Hasn't even begun yet, right? Like, we get to see that this year. And I'm pumped. Because he's mean as hell. And if you are a person that's just like, man, why didn't we get a right tackle? That was the number one complaint. Why did the Niners not draft an old lineman? Well, because they believe in him. They really do. But we'll see. So the question goes, how the 49ers 2023 season will be determined. Two players that, if they ball out, McKivitz and Drake, whoo. Mm. Sorry, I went on a little rant there. I was feeling it, man. I was feeling it. Uh, um, Tommy, Tommy, you are so consistent, brother. <laughs> I feel like we are like total opposites, but you're a really good dude. Uh, Niners drafted the left tackle with the first pick next year. I, I think so, too. I, I really do think so, uh, even if Trent comes back, and I hope he does. But I will say this. The player that uh, I would be watching for, you know, the next upcomer, Leroy Watson, man, a big fan of Leroy Watson, big fan of Leroy Watson, but we'll see. We'll see. I do think drafting one would make a lot of sense. Now, before we jump out of here, uh, I told you guys we were going to start and finish on numbers, all-time players for the 49ers to wear the jersey number 12. There's one answer, and there's one answer only, and that's John Brody. Um they literally retired the number. So take that. Uh, the other players that played before him, Hal Ledyard, Mari Duncan. And this is a weird thing to me. Trent Effin Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. I think he asked for an exemption 
and was granted it in 2007 because he wore jersey number 12, which, you know, you can do that. Yeah, that's total bull. Like, screw you, Trent Dilfer. Like, you, I actually, I've met Trent. He's a really nice guy. He's a good coach. He's pretty good at what he does. But he had a negative two approximate value for the 49ers. <laughs> Listen to his, uh, he played in seven games. He went one for five, so he started six. Seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Just not good, man. Uh, so freaking bad, but eight fumbles. <laughs> oh, yeah, 2007. That was like that. That was the end uh, of all things uh, with the 49ers because that was Mike Nolan. And, you know, Mike Nolan was around for one more year and then we were in the abyss. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so, uh, yikes. Just yikes, man. Just just makes me feel gross. I wish Trent Dilfer never played for us. Not that I dislike Trent. I don't. But I'm pissed off that he asked to wear 12. I don't know. Is it? I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't look at it like that. I mean, the dude played forever, but he had all these different numbers. He was twelve for the Bucks, and he was twelve for us. But he was eight for the Ravens. He was four for the Seahawks. He was eight for the Browns. Man, why? I guess he couldn't wear eight. That was retired too. Four is four retired for the 49ers? Let me look this up. 49ers retired number list. I have it bookmarked. You think I'd be ready? Do we have number four retired? We don't. He could have wore four. So numbers that are retired: eight Steve Young, twelve John Brody, sixteen Montana, thirty-four Perry, thirty-seven Jimmy Johnson, thirty-nine Hugh McElhenney. Ooh, look at that! Two references on Hugh McElhenney in one episode. Somebody tell me this isn't a good show. Somebody tell me. Oh, Colin. Colin told me. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate the super chat. He says, thanks for the content, John. Dude, appreciate you, man. Uh, 42, Ronnie Lott. 70, uh, Charlie Kruger. 73, Leo the Lion. Uh, 79, Bob St. Clair. 80, Jerry Rice. 87, Dwight Clark. So those are the 12 jersey numbers that are retired. Uh, what's up, Sin? Uh, wonderful to see you. Uh, wonderful to see you. So there we go. Oh, we even got Christian Gomez, the man who is helping this rosy cheek guy make some strides in his business. A lot of new updates coming for 49ers Rush, which I think a lot of people are going to like. Uh, coming up shortly, uh, the move and all these things is kind of getting me, but I, I, a lot of good things coming uh, shortly. And a lot of that, thanks to Christian Gomez. That dude is a beast. All right, guys, that's going to do it for episode number 869. Man, that was fun. Until next time, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.